Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or visit amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free and catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. It's the holiday season already, and I want you guys to get the perfect gift for your loved ones. Go to yorkathleticsmfg.com for an amazing selection of sneakers endorsed and designed by top athletes. Use my code REDCARPET at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. That's yorkathleticsmfg.com. Use the code REDCARPET at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. Happy holidays. Hey guys, and welcome to Red Carpet Rendezvous. I'm your host, Lauren Conlin, and I'm super excited to bring you guys an extremely interesting episode today. Um, But first, I just want to say really quick about the Brittany Murphy and Simon Monjack episodes that um, a lot of people have reached out to me being like, you can't stop looking into it. You have to find Sharon Murphy and get her to talk about what was going down in that house. And some people are even like, let's just start a GoFundMe for Linda Monjack to get Simon I'm going to exhume and test his hair, even though Dr. Weck didn't recommend it. He just didn't seem against it. Maybe we should do that. Um, but anyway, I don't know. Maybe I won't stop looking into it. I think I'm just going to take a break for now. I sent Linda everything that um, I came across, you know, while researching, and she was super grateful. Um So for today's episode, I have renowned criminal defense attorney Jeffrey Lickman, who has famously defended John Gotti Jr., Fat Joe, The Game, and um, the rapper The Game, and just last year, El Chapo. He is very well known for his killer cross-examination style. Um, We also have a mutual friend, Frank Morano, from WABC Radio. And so my intention for this episode, since technically it falls under Hollywood crime, was to discuss some of Jeffrey's more high-profile clients and their trials and blah, blah, blah. But we really got sidetracked a lot. And I didn't necessarily mind. Um, The episode just ended up going in a weird direction. Like at one point, we talk about how de Blasio became mayor of New York City. Very weird. Um, Jeffrey said that, you know, he was responsible for it, which is probably not something to be proud of. And he wasn't, but um, we went there. And, you know, in addition to being a very successful lawyer, Jeffrey had a radio show back in the day with Curtis Lewa, the founder of the Guardian Angels. And Curtis is also a media personality. And um, if you're not aware, Curtis and Jeffrey got to know each other during the John Gotti Jr. trial in the early 2000s when Curtis had accused Gotti of shooting him or having him shot. And actually, it was this month, 11 years ago, that John Gotti Jr. was acquitted. So, Jeffrey cross-examined Curtis on the stand, and then years later, they became radio show co-hosts at AM 970. Now, Curtis is potentially running for the mayor of New York City next year, and I asked Jeffrey what he thought about that, and he kind of went off. Um, You'll have to guess right now whether he went off in a good way or a bad way, (laughs) but don't worry, you'll know by the end of this podcast. 
Uh, let's see some other fun moments that you guys should listen out for. Oh, so um, when he was defending El Chapo, there was a few articles um, in some publications that sent that he or said that he sent his mistress or his wife or whoever a text as a joke that he was going to send El Chapo a belly dancer in prison. And this is Jeffrey. And I asked Jeffrey about this, like, you know, when you sent this text, blah, blah, blah. And oh my gosh, I think I really offended him. Um, he really didn't care for the question. And I don't know, I felt like I had to bring it up. And I'm glad I did. I just wanted a reaction. And I got one. But yeah, journalists out there, don't be offended. He definitely shits all over us. Um, but anyways, we we talk about a bunch of stuff. And we even bring up at the end, his newest high profile client that he's doing pro bono, which is actually really cool of him. Rashawn Weaver, who is accused of murdering Columbia student Tessa Majors. So terrible. That completely rocked New York City and the nation. It was so sad. But guys, Jeffrey is fierce. And I think you're going to enjoy this episode, especially if you're a New Yorker, you're really going to enjoy it. So after this quick ad, I'm going to play my interview with Jeffrey Lickman. With winter coming and weakened pandemic immune systems, it's important that we keep our kids healthy. Tiger gummies are an incredible daily vitamin that I give to my own kids to support their little growing bodies. There are 22 essential nutrients in one gummy. They're vegan, all natural, and free of dye and junk, and my kids actually like them. Visit tigergummies.com and use my code REDCARPET20 at checkout for 20% off a subscription of vitamins. That's red carpet 20 at checkout for 20% off of subscription of Tiger Gummy Vitamins. You represented El Chapo and you did a phenomenal job with them. Now, in, in the media, though, there was some criticism about the fact that you couldn't speak Spanish or you couldn't, you couldn't pronounce certain words. What did, what did you think about that when you saw that? The press is so stupid. And all you have to do is look at the people that are writing these articles. There were days 20 years ago when I would have trials and you'd have guys like Murray Kempton that were following the cases that would be in court. You'd have guys like John Marzulli who could actually string a sentence together. Now you've got people that were delivering Domino's pizzas three weeks before they're writing for the Daily News. They have absolutely no understanding of the trials. They have no understanding of what they're seeing. They're going to be in journalism for two years before they finally get a real job because they're making $800 a week writing for you know either Vice or the post or the news. So the, the level of understanding is so low that there's no point even discussing them. They don't understand a mm. thing. You think I can't, I can't speak Spanish. I got news for you. I took five years of Spanish. Okay. Including in college. Mm. Do you think that when I'm in front of a jury and I'm purposely mispronouncing a word, uh, Jalisco, that I don't know how it's pronounced? I don't know how to pronounce Sinaloa. Or do you think that the jury is laughing when they see me mispronouncing a Spanish word? So you're kind of doing that on purpose to sort of set, okay. All right, set set the tone and set things up. Of course, I haven't been doing this for two weeks. I've been doing this for, you know, uh, 29, 30 years now. I know exactly what a jury wants. I know exactly what makes them like me. Um, Jeffrey, I like that. That's so so interesting. Preparing the battlefield. I mean- I, I was at the Chapel case. I was one of three of the trial lawyers. I did the opening. Mm-hmm. I did the summation. I did the two biggest witnesses in the case. Had mm-hmm. I done the entire case, I'm sure I would have gotten a hung jury. And in fact, the jury was out seven days and one of the jurors refused to convict for seven days. Okay. So somehow I think I know better 
than the post reporter who can barely speak English and has never been inside a courtroom and watched the federal trial. The fact that I can't, you actually think that the jury is thinking, well, Jesus Christ, this chapel must be guilty because his lawyer um, can't pronounce a word. Right, right. It's ludicrous. It's not how it works. I mean, I yeah. know how it works. I've, I've you know, spent my life basically focusing on who is, you know, workable in a jury. The case right. starts, I'm standing in front of the jury for three months. I know who loves me. I know who hates me. I know yeah. who won't look in my face. They're purposely looking away from me because they hate my client. They hate yeah. me because of who I'm representing. I know sure. that there are, you know, four people that are looking at me with love in their eyes. So what am I going to do for the, over the next three months? I'm going to say certain things. I'm going to look at the looks in their faces, how they respond to me when mm -hmm. I say certain things. It's trial and error. When I say something and they laugh, I remember that. I'm going to use that later down the road. Right. Before Chapo, I hadn't lost a trial since January of 2008. Mm. All right. And, you know, I, I would say, Chapo, you didn't even really lose. You didn't lose. I mean, it, the, you know, he... it's a loss. It's a okay. loss. You it consider that a loss, even though you got him a lesser sentence than what he truly deserves? He got life. It doesn't get any lesser than he that. He deserved like 20 million life sentences. Let's be honest. Listen, so, the, case, the case was unwinnable. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that I consider it anything less than a loss because I don't okay. want John Gotti Jr. was unwinnable too. His father had gotten convicted a few years earlier, got life. His uncle right. was convicted in the same courthouse on the same charges with the same prosecutors a year earlier and got life. Nobody thought John Gotti Jr. was going to win either. No, he that was you. I mean, that was a mistrial, correct? It's a mistrial. Which is, which is a win. I mean, especially for John Gotti Jr. And thinking back on it, I mean, I know that you're probably, you know, you're familiar with Curtis Lewa. What do you think about his, uh, him running for mayor? Well, I cross-examined Curtis Lewa and Gotti, which yeah. is how I got involved in radio is because Frank actually was there. <clears throat> was yes. more watching me kick the living shit out of Sliwa and then said it would be funny if the two of you guys did radio together. So that's how I got involved in doing uh, talk radio and had my yeah. own uh, through 2013 until I finally- Yeah, you had it with on AM 970, is that right? I had it with 970. Yeah, that's I finally right. decided that it was just too stupid that I'm, you know, why am I doing this when I could be focusing on my career that matters? Sliwa yeah, yeah, yeah. mayor, I mean, you have to really work with Curtis. I worked with him every day for mm -hmm. two years okay uh, every day for two years every yeah. single day from five or six to eight um or five to seven for two years i like him um i even when i was kicking the shit out of him during Gotti, uh i thought it was funny you know he didn't think it was so funny but i did yeah the problem with curtis is that he's so dishonest that he doesn't even know that he's lying when he's lying and right. it's a painful thing he's also incredibly selfish this was a guy that like during, while we were doing radio, he was also doing the morning show. I was offered his show 10 times. Mm -hmm. uh, the, 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 the audience is tired of Curtis. The only reason our, our ratings in the afternoon are higher than the morning because you're on the show and you're not on in the morning, take over the morning show. And I'm like, well, are you willing to pay me a million dollars a year to do it? Of course not. Yeah. So what the fuck should I leave my day job of which I'm making you know, more than seven figures to do your radio show from 5 a.m. to 10 a.m. So I would pull Curtis aside and say to Curtis, listen, they're trying to replace you. I know that you got kids. I happen to know, I knew Anthony, who I liked. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. 
And I said, you know, I'm trying to help you here because I don't want you to lose. I know this is a lot of money for you. And I'm telling you that they're trying to replace you. I'm loyal like that. Yeah. Kurt would stab you in the back for a nickel, for a mm. nickel. So the idea that him as being mayor as completely dishonest and reprehensible as Bill de Blasio is, and de Blasio is, is a disgusting person, mm. um, a dishonest Agreed. person. And, person. and he's yeah. so left. And, you know, I don't know if you know the story of, of one of the reasons he got elected was because of me. Pure, I, did, I did not know that. Oh, my God. What I did with this guy was the mistake of a lifetime. Um, oh, no. Was Oh, no. Am I going to be mad? You're going to be mad. You're going to be mad. So he was running for mayor. Frank knows the story. Yeah. Um, Curtis does as well. Um, he was running for mayor and polling at about 1%. Do mm. you remember who was leading the polls back then? I don't recall. Christine Quinn. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was a shoe-in. Okay. Who was in second place was Bill Thompson. Yeah. All right. And de Blasio was the public advocate. He was a clown. He was okay. a nine-foot yeah. lump. Nobody was listening to him. So what happened was when we were having the Curtis and Jeffrey show is we were interviewing every one of the mayoral candidates. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a, a Statler grill show once a week and we would have them come and they would answer questions so every single time we would have one of these imbeciles on i would say the same thing to each one of them look i'm a huge animal advocate and i'm deeply against the um horse-drawn carriages Mm -hmm. in new york city so i said if one of you will agree on day one to get rid of the horse-drawn carriages because these animals are suffering out there's smelling these uh, exhaust fumes um then i will give you the maximum amount of money for the contribution which was like 49.80 not a huge amount of money but you know if you can believe back then mm-hmm. each one of them might have had 20 people that contributed 49.80 yeah so i asked every one of them and they were, and right. they, were they gave me the honest answer they're like look we're with you. We think that the horses are a problem. We don't think it's right, mm-hmm. but we can't tell you right now that we're going to be able to get past the city council and outlaw these horses. Yeah. So I said to him, well, then you know, you're not getting any of the money. So until enter Bill de Blasio, is it 1%? He's got no money. He says to me on air, he's like done first day horses, drawn carriages are gone. So <laughs> Wait, so, he lied then. They're still around. <laughs> no shit. Yeah, so he then the say. next day, the next day, he uh, calls me himself and says, I want to come to your office and pick up a check. I said, Bill, done. Come to my office. He comes okay. the next day. He leaves his assistant in the uh, waiting room um, and comes in. Completely pleasant guy. He's got a great sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about other issues that were important to me, namely uh, that I thought that there should be uh, the NYPD should still be investigating the mosques in the city. Remember, mm-hmm. this was 2000 and yeah, right. So. so there was a lot more Muslim terror, you know, back then in the city than there was. Now. Yeah. And he says, look, I totally agree with you. We should continue to do this. Would you mm-hmm. agree to raising taxes so that we could pay for kindergartners to go to school? I'm like, I totally am with that. I mean, I'm not mm-hmm. I'm a conservative, but I'm a social liberal. I'm for gay marriage. I'm pro-choice. I'm for some gun control. I'm a huge gun guy. Yeah. All right. (laughs) That's ammo. That's that's 60,000. 
pounds uh, in my house. Um, but he, he sold me. And I was like, you know what? You're a decent guy. I made fun of him. He had a great sense of humor. So I gave him the money. He then somehow what happens is he, this interview yeah. gets put to the newspaper. Then the newspaper says de Blasio promises to get rid of horse-drawn carriages. All of the animal people shift to de Blasio. And not only do they shift, but they're screaming at Christine Quinn every time she's at any kind of any kind of a speech. Yeah. They're, they're shouting down everybody. Bill de Blasio somehow goes from 1%, wins the primary, and then obviously wins the election. So what happens on day one? Nothing. Day 100? Nothing. Day 1,000? Nothing. I think we're up to day, you know... 7,000. Yeah. 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 And the guys, the guys got my goddamn money. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, I'm responsible for de Blasio, but Curtis. Oh my God. (laughs) Well, do you, but do you think now I know, I know that Curtis has fabricated some stories before, but do you, you believe that he was shot in this taxi? Like you, you believe it. He was shot. Yeah. And you, you believe, yeah. I mean, and, and it's hard to deny that the Gaudis didn't have anything to do with that. It's, I don't believe You still, you really don't believe that they had anything to do with that. You yeah. think that, okay, all right. He's that's, never been convicted. I mean, listen, here's yeah, the way that's I look Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Here's the way I look at this stuff. I'm not here. I'm not God. Um, Curtis lied, not just about everything. He lied about his wife being raped. Mm. He lied and claimed that what he called a six foot eight gorilla um, attacked him. A gorilla, he said, referring to a black person. There is nothing too low for Curtis Lewa. This is a guy that was stealing from his wife mm-hmm. um, with his girlfriend, stealing money away from his kid. You mean Lisa, Lisa Evers or that no. wife? No. Mary. Uh, when he okay. had Anthony, he was a special needs kid. He was stealing okay. money to give to his girlfriend, who's now the, you know, the Queensboro president. Oh, um, Nancy. Really, you have yeah. to be in the mud with Curtis. Talk mm-hmm. to the people around him. See how he is in the day to day. There's something wrong with him. And I, and, look, and I say this, and I, and I kind of like him, um, because we had a lot of laughs on that radio show. I mean, there were some really yeah. funny things. That I laughed a lot doing it. But the idea, yeah. everything is about Curtis. Everything is an effort to me, 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 to self glorify Do you know you feel this way, do you think? Or <laughs> I said it he to does. him to face. Okay. I cross-examined yeah. him on it. There's nothing that I'm saying now that he doesn't yeah. know. And here's the kind of guy Curtis Lee was. The day, my last day of doing radio with him, mm-hmm was I'm a very outspoken critic of radical Islam. Mm-hmm. Curtis, on the other hand, will do anything to get paid on the radio station. So I had a guest on the radio, uh, a Columbia professor, who my proposition that day on the show was that the reason why there was such a high level of uh, child molestation in Muslim countries is because religious Muslims over there follow the Quran religiously. Mm-hmm. And the Quran says that Muhammad took a wife at six, Aisha, and had sex with her at nine, correct? So they took that literally. And that's why there's some higher incidence of of child molestation. So I had Mm -hmm. this professor of Middle Eastern studies come on, and she said, you're 100% right. You know, that's why this exists. It's sad. These people are not educated and blah, blah, blah. I get a phone call in the middle of the show from the program director. He's like, you better fucking apologize right now. They're going to come to that radio uh, program and they're going to tear you apart. And I'm like, okay. I'm not apologizing for shit. It's the truth. He's yeah. like, you're apologizing or you're off the show. I said, go fuck yourself. I quit. 
I said, I'm not apologizing. It's the truth. Curtis was losing his mind during the show, literally yeah. with his, in his hands. Why was he concerned about getting killed? He was concerned about losing his job. Yeah. I quit. I never came back. I never apologized. Mm. I have never spoken to Curtis Lee again. He did not one time call me to say, hey, how are you? I didn't really give a shit because I have a day job that paid yeah. 10,000 times more than I did doing radio. So I was willing to be a little more risk, you know, risky. Sure, sure. I was willing to, instead of being politically correct, I yeah. said, my mind because if I got fired, who cares? Yeah, you had less and at stake, one sure. Call, not one time. This is a guy that I tried to save his job mm. so many when whatever he asked me to do, anything charitable, I did it. Anything for the guardian angels, I yeah. showed up with money. Anytime there was anyone, I don't even know where the money went with him. It probably went to, you know, to his, one of his girlfriends. I always gave money. I did everything charitable. He asked why? Because yeah. it's just, I'm a, I'm, I'm a very loyal team player when it comes to stuff. The guy never yeah. called me, not one time. I've oh, never gosh. Since then. It was May yeah. 30th of 2013. It's been seven and a half years I've never spoken to. Him. Oh, wow. That's was crazy. Every, you know, every wow. Yeah. I totally opened up a can of worms here. Thinking about Curtis. God, who knew? <laughs> it's not, I, I'm not, a, look, I, I, I'll Yeah, who this. knew? But. Yeah, now just really quick, I have to ask you this about El Chapo. Uh, why would you want to send a belly dancer, not a stripper? Just curious. <laughs> completely fake you know you'd believe the post you know you know how old are you don't believe the post. i don't believe it but i have to ask you how about it how old are you oh uh, you, you know what? i'm gonna make you guess guess 35 yeah okay so you're older um you know if you believe what you read in the post here's the question was i ever um brought up on any uh ethical charges not that i read no, was I, well, because you read the post, try reading something that actually makes some sense. Was I ever um, um, brought up on any charges? Was there any criminal investigation? No. If I'm trying to get somebody into the prison, do you think any of that stuff would have happened? No, no, Do you think never. that the feds might have looked at the tapes of every time that I was in to see Chapo to see if I was doing that? I'm sure they, they did. did. Yeah, I'm sure they yeah. did. Guess mm. what happened? 97% of that was fake. But yeah. What do in the middle of a trial i'm going to challenge the stuff because i'm going to be so selfish that i'm going to just care about myself instead of caring about the client no hey so, i think that i think that's pretty amazing i mean wh whether whatever is true it to me that's just like you care about your clients right well, I, mean, I mean it, it never happened so i mean but like even joking about it even does the like truth that? We just, does the truth matter at all or we just is it what the post says the truth matters um of course it matters, but but again, I feel like there's always some sort of truth behind everything, even if it's fabricated. There's which again in this case, it could just mean that again you care about your clients and you care about their well-being, and you were making a joke, right? I mean, I don't know. Of course, of course it was fake. Of course right. it was fake. Okay. And you know, somehow I've managed for thirty years of practice at the highest levels, representing the most, you know notorious people in New York City where mm -hmm. the government has been after me. I've been subpoenaed God knows how many times I've been having cooperators. My own clients have cooperated behind my back and taped me for the government. In the middle of Gotti, I had a client that kidding? actually taped me while I was taking a leak in the middle of the Gotti case, came up to me at the urinal and stuck cash in my pocket um, oh my and gosh. tried to 
get me not to fill out an age. Yeah, tax. Wow. So I've wow. had the government after me for nine years. Can't possibly think that I'm so stupid that I would break the law. And secondly, if there was even a scintilla of truth behind them, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd be in jail right now. Listen, had to ask. It was so funny to me that I, I literally had to ask you. Are you mad? Congratulations. <laughs> You're not mad. I'm not mad. This might be our last interview, but that's okay. Make it Aww. a good one. Yeah. <laughs> so. so what sort of cases are you, do you turn down? Are you just like, you know what? I cannot even, like, I, this is so unwinnable that I'm, I'm done. I don't, I don't consider whether a case is winnable or not, mm-hmm. um, whether to take a case. I mean, there are lawyers out there that have, that have called me up um, uh, when I was taking Gotti, when I took uh, Chapo. I had a guy who was charged with molesting four little boys. I get the same lawyers call me. You're making a big mistake. This is going to hurt your reputation. You're going to wow. lose. You're going to this. You're going to that. Go fuck yourself. Uh, okay. You know this is what I this is what I went into law in is so I can you know I, I can tuck my penis and be terrified of the world. No, yeah. go fuck yourself has been my response every single time. There are lawyers out there yeah. that are more concerned about what hat they have on if they've got yeah. got their pocket where if they've got their mustache waxed done correctly and then go inside a courtroom and they can't cross examine anybody to save their fucking lives. This is what the the profession has become. It's a bunch of, of imbeciles that don't have the balls to cross-examine, that don't have the balls to win a case. Mm-hmm. The types of cases I turn down are the cases where the stuff is something that I just know in my heart that I can't give my full fight for. Okay. <clears throat> I had a guy who was accused of uh, molesting four little boys, the age of my kids, three, four, five, and six, when my kids were six years old. And I was asked by a childhood friend's father to represent the guy because he was sure he was innocent. He had been convicted in a one-day trial and was going to get life in prison. I went to go see the guy and I said, I'm not representing him unless he's innocent. Mm-hmm. I went to go see him and within five minutes, I felt that he was guilty. Oh, wow. But I also found out that he didn't get a fair trial within those five minutes and that his lawyer, a public defender, completely screwed him. So I said to myself, am I going to be one of these assholes that is only concerned about publicity and looking good in front of, uh, of the world mm-hmm. and only care about money? Or am I going to care about the reason I got into this profession, which is because I think that the Constitution actually matters. So I represented him. I got him a new trial. Um, they vacated the conviction and I ended up pleading him out to time served. He never spent another day in prison. And that was a big deal. I got about 100 death threats for that when it was in the newspapers. I've gotten to probably wow. a thousand death threats from Chapo, from Gotti, probably only a hundred. But if you start taking cases based on what you think is right and what you think, the type of cases I won't take are probably one or two kinds, only because I don't think I have my heart in it. One is Mm -hmm. anywhere a a child, excuse me, where an animal is tortured. If an animal is tortured, there's no way I'm going to be involved in that. If a child is tortured, I'm not going to be involved unless I think that there is an egregious constitutional error. And I think that the constitution is more important than you know, my feelings about child molestation. Um, I'm a, a, a strident Zionist and I'm a critic mm-hmm. of radical Islam. I'd probably still represent, and I certainly have represented hundreds of Muslims over the years. In a terror case, I might if I felt that um, someone's constitutional rights were at stake. You know, you can't do this otherwise. 
Um, yeah. And somehow with all the cases I've taken, with all the publicity from some of these cases, which have caused so much, you know, people freaking out, somehow yeah. I go 12 years without losing a trial, state or federal. Mm. So find me another lawyer in New York that can say that. Yeah. Um, there's, so there's what, a- what you're saying really, it makes sense to me as somebody who's not, you know, who doesn't work um, with the law and doesn't work in this field. What you definitely make sense because that's why you got into the field in the first place. You know, you, you know, you, you respect the law, you love the law. Um, I mean, partially you want to help people to an extent the the people that are innocent or the people that are not getting a fair trial. So it's hard, I think for people like just regular people to look at it that way. I think that's, you know, that's the issue with defense lawyers, but the regular person that vilifies me representing these people, as soon as he gets charged with a DUI, on his knees begging me to take the case for free because he doesn't have any money. Wants me to represent his father in a tax case. Wants me to represent yeah. his brother because he got caught with, uh, you know, a uh, hundred pounds of marijuana. Mm-hmm. This is what they say. Until they have any kind of contact with the criminal totally. justice system, you know, you're a scumbag, you're this, you're that. You know, yeah. if people like me don't exist, you know, what's going to happen? We're going to become a ram. We'll just have yeah. no more trials. We'll just go right from arrest to execution and that'll be the end of it. There'll be no point of having a right. trial, but I feel sure that I can't be concerned with what the average imbecile in society thinks. You know, mm-hmm. that's it. You know, do I listen to them? I only listen to them because I'm concerned that they may be in a jury someday. Otherwise, I couldn't give a mm-hmm. shit what anybody so, thinks about what do for a let while. Me, let me ask you about jurors here. When you have a high-profile um, client or a celebrity, how do you go about selecting these jurors? And how do you, ex- I mean, because everybody knows who, right, who El Chapo is, everyone knows who John Gotti is. That must be extremely difficult for you to find the right jurors for those cases. <clears throat> the jury selection is, is probably the hardest part because mm-hmm. you could have, you could be a great lawyer. If you pick a bad jury, you're fine. Uh, you, have, you have a big trial coming up, um, the Tessa Majors trial. That's, that's pretty big. I don't know when that's, I won't talk, like, I want to ask you about that. Um, but okay. that, well, that, that rocked the city, basically. Everybody was extremely torn up about that. And it's very sad. And, and the whole thing is sad because these kids that did it are so young. So I mean, so sad. Yeah. It's sad in both ways. I mean, I spoke to Rashawn actually this morning, the same way we're speaking. I get to speak yeah. to him, uh, through a Zoom. Okay. Um, he was 14 when this happened. Yeah. Um, his friends, one was 14 and one was 13. These are babies. Um, yeah. Kids were the same age as Rashawn when this went down. This is a, a, yeah. a little kid whose voice hadn't changed yet. And so you know, out of the, I don't know, the hundreds of death threats that I got and the most vile things, you know, I'll come to your house, I'll kill your children, I'll rape your children. Oh. Um, this you, is what, you know, this is what the people that, you know, this is our wonderful society we live in. Because yeah. I want to take a case pro bono and help this kid out. Yeah. Well, all I said was, look. That was very nice. I saw that. Well, it, it's, you know, look, it was the right thing to do. Because yeah. family doesn't have the money to hire a lawyer like me. My kids, I said to them, if I'm going to take this case, you're going to work on it with me. You're spoiled. Yeah. Uh, you're rich kids. You live in a community <laughs> where you have everything you want. You're going to yeah. see how other people live that are not born as lucky as you are. And they've been helping me with the case, you know, from the beginning. Yeah. And I said to myself, this kid was not born bad, whatever they say he did. Society, environment, his parents, the difficult situation, his father was in jail all the time. His mother mm-hmm. had all sorts of issues. He didn't get the upbringing that my children got. 
But for right. the grace of God, my kids could have been raised in that family and I could have raised Rashawn. He's a very intelligent kid. I never yeah. once diminished uh, Tessa Majors. I've got kids that are going to be in college in, in a couple of years. Yeah. Greats for this family. This, they sent their, their beautiful daughter, intelligent, vibrant daughter to Columbia. And three months later, they're bringing her back in a bag. Heartbreaking. I mean, the yeah. worst thing that could ever happen. So I, I feel awful for the parents. And I'm not looking to, you know, when you're, when you're a criminal defense lawyer, it's not always about getting an acquittal. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's about getting a fair sentence. Right. And, you know, even though your client, if he's guilty or if he's not guilty, yeah. you know, sometimes you, you have to realize, you know, this is a case where I want fairness. The, the city was ready to rip that kid apart. He was all over the newspapers. He was a devil. He was this, he was that. <clears throat> Meanwhile, he was a little boy, just like every other little boy. He just wasn't as lucky as some other little boys. So all I've wanted to do for him is to give him a fair shake. And I don't think that's asking so much. You know, did I get yeah. for it? Yeah. Have I gotten vilified for it? Would anybody else have taken that case in the city? Probably not for free. I don't think it's about vilifying you. I think, again, what you're saying makes sense in in the sense that you want to give him a fair trial um, because he was being he's being tried as an adult when he did something when he was 14. However, I mean, and I don't know all of the details. I only know what is out there, but you know, I'm, I've read that he viciously stabbed her multiple times while his friends held her there. It wasn't like he was the one holding her. He was the one that. Is there a, I'm just curious. Is there a nice stabbing? <laughs> you know, Is I'm not sure. Nice I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe in a lifetime movie. I'll, I'll... Nice stabbing? If somebody is holding someone down while the other person is stabbing, do you think that the law distinguishes between the two actions? They don't. Yeah. Oh, Here's the question I ask for you, I asked you. When you're mm-hmm. 14 years old, is your brain fully formed? No. Do no you but you know kid? right from wrong. Not fully. That's not true. There's actually studies okay. that say that a 14-year-old does not have the impulse control that an adult has. Okay. So it's harder for him to control his emotions <clears throat> and control his behavior. There's mm-hmm. a reason why we don't try children as adults. That's yeah. the reason. So because this was such yeah. an popular situation with a pretty white girl you know with all respect if it was a black girl who got stabbed and it was a a, a blonde haired blue-eyed 14 year old boy do you think there'd be the same disgust in the city that there was no and look i'm not a true believer defense lawyer i'm a a conservative somewhat republican and i am down on crime but the idea that race and the way the city reacted, that race didn't have something to do with it. Okay, you know, so what did you guys yourself. think of him? Um, I feel like if I'm in trouble, I would really want him on my side. But also, it was a little awkward with the whole attack on Curtis thing. I think it kind of went on a little too long. I should have stopped him there. But um, for the record, I think Curtis would make a fine mayor. But um, we're going to have a more lighthearted episode soon. I promise. I promise. I promise. I'll take a break from this Hollywood crime to bring you something more uplifting. But until next time, don't forget to rate and subscribe on Apple. Thanks for listening.